All right, it is November 26, 2018, and we are here for our very first podcast. My name is Jason Mao, and to my left is... I'm Melanie Gibb. Melanie is awesome, for those of you that don't know who she is. She has some amazing, amazing abilities, amazing gifts. She is what we in the business call a gatherer, and people are naturally attracted to her because of just the light that beams out of her. The first time I saw her, I knew instantly that she was a gatherer and she is, she's become basically the point person here in the Southwest area for like-minded people to start focusing on greater light and knowledge and learning a lot about themselves and about the Lord and what it is that he wants from us. And so I am honored to have her to my left. Thank you. Also with us today is Lori. And Lori is so cool. One of Chad and Lori Daybell's closest friends, Melanie Gibb, is someone who recently came out to the public in regards to how the couple deceived her and the fear she now has for her life. Melanie has warned others who believe in the teachings of Chad and Lori Daybell and is encouraging them to find the truth. Melanie first met Chad Daybell in 2017 at an event in northern Utah where he was speaking on his dreams and visions surrounding the last days. Their relationship was merely acquaintances at first, but quickly grew when Melanie's best friend, Lori Vallow, met Chad Daybell. Melanie watched Chad and Lori's relationship grow for the past two years, and in May 2020, she spoke to East Idaho News, where she disclosed more of Chad's beliefs and feels this is what ultimately led to the deaths of Charles Vallow, Tammy Daybell, J.J. Vallow, and Tylee Ryan. I am your host, Celine Beth Calderon, and this is part two of The Chosen Ones, Melanie Gibb. Melanie and Lori met while they were both attending the same church for Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Gilbert, Arizona. Melanie was sharing a lesson with a church class that day, and Lori came up afterwards and introduced herself. Melanie reflected on this meeting, saying, quote, She was very excited to hear the things I was teaching, so when I went out to the hallway, she came up to me and introduced herself. She told me a lot about her personal experiences she had that were spiritual in nature, and we just hit it off. From then on, the two were inseparable. Just a few weeks later, Melanie and Lori traveled from Arizona to Southern Utah to attend a Preparing a People event where Chad was a guest speaker and selling his books that Lori already took an interest in. In May 2020, an exclusive interview with Melanie Gibb and reporter Nate Eaton from East Idaho News was released to the public. Melanie shared more information about the first time Chad and Lori met. And at what point did she meet Chad, because you you knew Chad and you knew Lori, but they were separate relationships. Correct. So I met her first. Well, I mean, I met him, you know, like within years, but didn't know him super close or anything like that. So then I meet her and then her and I decided that we're going to go to an event um, in St. George. And so we drove we drove down together 
and then he was selling his books and speaking, and so that's when they got to meet. So that was probably October, November, somewhere in that time frame of the same year. 2018. Mm -hmm. So did you introduce them? Um, I don't know if I did or she just went up to the table. I, I can't recall. And was there anything unusual or magical or different about when they met? So we were there for two or three days, and I think he was there for two days, and she talked to him a lot um, about his books, and so she asked a lot of questions, and she was very interested in what he thought, and she was interested in what she, he knew, she knew, and so they just started talking about these different beliefs that generally are not something you'd learn in church. And so they started to kind of develop that connection right there. It was established by Chad at this time that he and Lori had been married before in past lives. However, this did not phase Lori. After the two-day event, they returned to Arizona where Lori and Chad started to communicate via email. Their relationship developed so quickly that two weeks later, another Preparing a People event was held in Arizona and Lori invited Chad and Melanie to stay with her. Charles Vallow, however, was out of town during this time. As part of his stay, Chad and Lori would go on walks together in the morning. On November 26, 2018, Melanie and Lori launched their religious podcast called Time to Warrior Up, along with friend Jason Mao. Jason is another end-of-days novelist and a spokesperson advocating for police officers with PTSD. Mao retired from the Phoenix Police Department in 2017 after a serious injury and resigned from the Chandler PD in 2006. It should also be noted that his novels were published by Spring Creek Book Company, or better known as Chad Daybell's Publishing Company. A description of the trio's podcast is as follows. Jason Mao of the very popular TheWarChapters.com has been speaking to youth and their parents from all over the U.S. about what it means to be a true modern-day warrior for good. Time to Warrior Up is a nationwide movement to become all that we were destined to become in a shifting world that needs great leaders. Of course, what would warriors be without great women of faith and courage? That is why Melanie Gibb and Lori Vallow had the idea to do this podcast featuring powerful women, mothers, youth, and mentors to encourage others along the pathway toward a hopeful future. They will include many unique guests who will inspire all of us to aspire to the higher within. Each of us were born for greatness. Now, we have the house of implementing the creeds, tools, steps, and processes of the warrior ethos. We are marching toward victory together. In the first episode, Jason says this of Lori. And when I looked at you, when I looked into your eyes for the first time and, and really saw who you were inside, I instantly knew you're one of us. You're a gatherer. <laughs> you know, you, you get it. You understand that there's something bigger going on here than just church on Sunday, that this is this is this is the end times and 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 you are awake you are prepared you are moving in that direction and i saw that in just a just a, a half a second of that that brother and sister connection that we made and i just knew right away i had to get you in touch with melanie and we needed to connect somehow an early guest to the podcast was chad daybell who had a two-part interview with the three hosts the episode descriptions outline the topics covered during his interview. 
This is the first of two interviews with Chad Daybell of Rexburg, Idaho. He has owned his own publishing company for many years and has authored and published 25 books of his own, which contain futuristic stories about America. Our Arizona team invited Chad to the Mesa area to speak and do this podcast about his life having died twice when he was younger. He shares how that happened and what he learned from it. He also shares who mentored him during his youth to understand the world around him. Jason, Melanie, and Lori have fun with Chad, who also has a great sense of humor like the rest of them. This is the second part of an interview with Chad Daybell, author and publisher of 25 books on futuristic stories about America and his two NDEs, near-death experiences. The PAP Arizona team, Jason, Melanie, and Lori dig deeper into many of Chad's understandings of what is coming to America and the world based upon his spiritual gifts, visions, dreams, and understanding, and how they can help us learn for ourselves how to walk by faith and be open to revelation for our own lives. This is an invitation for all of us to come to Jesus Christ and follow the love he is always giving to mankind. It was evident to Melanie that Chad and Lori were falling in love, despite both of them being married to different spouses and raising kids. Melanie raised her concern, saying, quote, Yeah, I knew that they pretty much hit it off. I actually did offer the idea, like, why don't you just go ahead and get a divorce? They were told that they weren't allowed to by who they were communicating with on the other side, unquote. In addition, Chad and Lori each had a personal cell phone for each other that was separate from their normal cell phones. These private phones served as an extra level of privacy, whether that be from their friends or spouses. This privacy was needed not only for their personal feelings and emotions, but also to keep their fringe religious doctrines and teachings hidden, so that they could maintain their good standing in the LDS church. Despite Lori being a devout believer in the things Chad was sharing with her, Lori still harbored a sliver of disbelief. She shared this doubt with Melanie, saying, If Chad is a Satan, then he's a really good one. As previously mentioned in Episode 2, on January 31, 2019, Tylee, Lori, and Melanie made their way to the Gilbert Police Station to file a theft report on Charles. While Lori goes on to explain that Charles stole her purse and phone from the car when she was dropping off JJ at school, Melanie also informs the PD about text messages she was receiving from Charles pretending to be Lori on that day. Okay. And so I got there, I'm like, Lori? Where's Lori? But he oh, texted her here. from my phone because he was pretending to be me, saying, oh, come meet me at the house, and whatever. Okay. So, how, how did he, what, what did he say to you? Then? He said, can you come to the house now? And then and when I you get? Like, sure, yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, I proceeded to act like he was himself. He has the text messages on your phone? I don't have them on my phone, but I, so I went yeah. back there, I said, um, you've been using Lori's phone to connect with me. He goes, sorry, I have deceived you. I said, oh, okay, yeah, you did. And I, luckily, there were some other people there that were, he's, so he, he got that, he was changing the locks and probably the locks got the doors fixed there. where he kicked mm-hmm. it in. So the, the locks were there, so I that they were there, but there was a white suburban, which I, you know, I, I don't know, it was up in the, I don't know where he got it was a few vehicles, so I didn't know, you know, who we, I, I, I suspected it would be her. I should have noticed that your car wasn't there, but I didn't notice that. So. Okay. So, so you got to the house, and then you got there, he said, yeah, I deceived you, and then yeah, what so was he calling you there for? 
Right. He wanted me to come over there and get some information about her, pretty much. Oh, okay. What did he ask you? He was asking, like, what's got into her? Like, where is she? Uh, where, right? is she where is she? Of course, I didn't say where she was. I didn't know where she was. She actually I didn't tell anybody. She didn't tell anybody. I just thought it was safer for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> he just basically wanted me to take his side, I think, and just say. Yeah. Told her how crazy I was and why I was like that. Hmm. What was your name? Melanie. Melanie. Your last name? Gibb. G-I-B-B. A couple weeks later, on February 14, 2019, Melanie released her own book titled Feel the Fire. This book, quote, was written to help others find joy, peace, and happiness. While experiencing a breakdown from challenges that came being raised in a dysfunctional family and the challenges that came from marriage and raising challenging children, Melanie experienced something that changed her life forever. As a result of this breakdown, Melanie spent much time repenting, being accountable, and praying in mighty prayer each morning and night she had an amazing change of heart. Melanie came to know her Savior, Jesus Christ, and he turned her pain into pure love. Read more about the process she went through to have such an experience. Melanie has been born again and feels the fire of her conversion as a result of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Unquote. Chad Daybell wrote the foreword for her book and had this to say about Melanie. From the moment I first met Melanie Gibb in the summer of 2017, I knew there was a burning passion within her to help others understand who they are and that Jesus Christ truly loves them. I had just given an evening presentation to around 200 people at a campout in northern Utah when Melanie came up to me at the podium and started talking like we were old friends. I distinctly remember that she spoke energetically and with that charming southern accent. She told me a bit about herself and that she loved to testify of Christ. Melanie told me if I ever got the chance, I should speak in her hometown of Mesa, Arizona. I told her I would like to do that someday and she gave me a farewell hug. Then she and her friends walked off into the darkness and I loaded up my truck for a long drive home to Idaho that night. Fast forward one year to June 2018. I had just finished writing my Times of Turmoil series, and I felt a strong impression to speak in Arizona about my novels. I had been to Phoenix only once before, nearly 15 years earlier, and I didn't have a clue of how to arrange a speaking event there. Then a voice told me, contact Melanie Gibb. I quickly remembered the energetic woman who had testified of Christ at the camp the previous year, and I knew if anyone could help me, she could. I got her cell number from a mutual friend, and soon we were chatting. I explained that I felt I should speak in the Phoenix area sometime in July. She laughed and said it would be blistering hot, but I somehow convinced her to see what we could do. To my delight, she called me back the next day with the idea of a combined speaking event with Arizona author Jason Mao. I thought it was a great idea and Melanie jumped right to work to make it happen. Within a couple of days, she had arranged the venue and was so helpful in every way. I greatly appreciated her generosity and positive attitude from start to finish. We had a good turnout for the presentation, and many important friendships were made that night. On the day of the event, Melanie and another friend picked me up at my hotel, and we had an enjoyable early dinner together, where she told me more about the amazing journey she has been on throughout her life. It was somewhat of a surprise to realize this upbeat, happy woman had endured so many trials and seemingly endless obstacles. How did she keep a smile on her face? Then I realized it all revolved around her love for Jesus Christ. Melanie had truly been born again through the Savior. In January 2019, I had the privilege to be a guest on the new podcast that Jason Mao is hosting titled Time to Warrior Up. 
Melanie is one of the co-hosts, and we had a wonderful time recording those episodes. I have come to understand that she is a powerful warrior in her own right, and that her true gift is helping people understand their true worth as sons and daughters of God. She is spreading that message and allowing others to feel the fire of a burning testimony of the gospel. This book is filled with poignant, unforgettable stories from Melanie's life that will stick with you long after you have finished the book. She is one of those wonderful people who come into our lives like a pleasant summer breeze that refreshes our souls. I am so grateful for her example of kindness and generosity, and I know these traits will continue to expand in her life. Thank you, Melanie, for writing this book. Chad Daybell, February 2019. In late August, Lori, Tylee, and JJ moved to Rexburg, Idaho, following the death of Charles Vallow. Three weeks later, Melanie made the drive from Arizona to Idaho to visit with Lori. During the four days that Melanie stayed with Lori, Tylee was never around. The only comment that Lori made regarding this was that Tylee was away at school at nearby Brigham Young University, Idaho. Seeing that Tylee was only 16 years old, it didn't make sense that she was already attending college. Melanie remarked on this, saying, quote, There were definitely question marks. It didn't feel real, and it didn't feel like the truth. I didn't know what to say about it. I wouldn't assume that she had done something to her. It was unusual. Unquote. Lori also revealed that the day before Melanie arrived, JJ had become a zombie just like Charles. Quote, she said that he had turned into a zombie the day before I got there and she was pointing out behaviors of his. She was trying to create uncertainty in me about what I saw. I was looking at him and thought, I don't know, he looks just like JJ to me. Lori and Melanie discussed what to do with JJ. According to Melanie, Lori said, He's in the way of our mission, so we need to send him to Kay's house. Quote, we talked about Kay, and we talked about some of her family members that could actually take him on. We talked about what that conversation would be like with Kay, and she wasn't sure if Kay would really receive him. That was the plan that I knew of, Melanie explained. He's going to Kay's house. That's what I believed was going to happen, so I left thinking that's where he was going. Kay's for sure. I didn't doubt that. During her visit, Melanie observed Chad and Lori together out in the open. Their interactions were those of a married or committed couple, such as holding hands and kissing, despite Chad still being married to Tammy. Quote, I said, aren't you worried that people are going to see you? They responded that, well, Tammy doesn't come out a lot. They said a lot of people that knew Chad didn't know what Tammy looked like because they didn't do a lot of things together. Unquote. While Melanie, Lori, and Chad were out of the house, JJ was at home being watched by Alex. Melanie's trust and faith in Lori and Chad began to waver when both of them asked Melanie to lie to the police about the whereabouts of JJ and Tylee. This first started when Chad called Melanie on November 26 and advised her not to answer any calls from law enforcement regarding the whereabouts of JJ. Melanie described this phone call in an interview with Nate Eaton of East Idaho News. This is where there's a big turn in my life. This is when it hits the fan. This is the part that I hate talking about. Yeah. This, is, this was hard for me. Um, I'm sure I talked to her a few times on the phone. She did express that he went to Kay's house, okay? So I don't know when she told me, but I would say within a short period of time after I left. She called and said he's at Kay's. Right. And she said, oh yeah, we met up in the airport and she received him and he's gonna go stay. I mean, she gave me the whole story the whole story, so I just, you know, I believed it. And it's about Thanksgiving and everything changed. I thought he was safe and I get a call from Chad. 
two days before Thanksgiving. I still feel emotional about it. I said, Melanie, Miss Chad, when the police call, don't pick up the phone. And my heart just dropped. During this call, Chad also disclosed that police were at Lori's house to perform a wellness check on JJ, and she planned to tell him that JJ was with Melanie and not with Kay like Melanie had thought. Chad's phone call was quickly followed up with a call from Lori, this time telling Melanie that JJ is fine and she's trying to protect him from Kay and others. Lori also asked Melanie to say that JJ was with her leading up to the Thanksgiving holiday and that the plan was that Lori would travel down to Arizona and pick him up. In addition, Lori requested that Melanie, while seeing Frozen 2, take a picture at the movie theater of random children as proof that JJ was in her care. Upon learning of all of this, Melanie reached out to Alex Cox and relayed what had happened. He was dismayed that his sister had thrown Melanie under the bus like that. Melanie did not take the picture like Lori instructed, but she did avoid all attempts of law enforcement to reach her. When Rexburg PD couldn't get a hold of Lori by phone, they reached out to Gilbert PD to perform a house visit. Melanie was not at home, but Gilbert PD were able to reach her by phone. She informed them that JJ has not been there in several months. It should be noted that not speaking with police in a timely manner provided Chad and Lori the time and opportunity to flee Idaho. Detective Ron Ball of the Rexburg PD stated that the lie offered to law enforcement, quote, delayed the investigation into the whereabouts and safety of JJ by requiring us to take time to investigate a lead that was verified as false, unquote. As mentioned in Episode 3, Tammy Daybell suddenly passed away on October 19, 2019. Seventeen days later, Chad and Lori married in Hawaii on November 5th. Later that month, Melanie received wedding pictures from Lori, and this email containing wedding pictures was sent on November 29th and was the first time Melanie learned of Chad and Lori's wedding. On December 4th, 2019, the FBI started looking into Lori, Melanie, and Jason's podcast and taking notes of any suspicious content. At one point, Lori mentioned how suffering leads to salvation and that even though she doesn't want her kids to suffer, she understands they have to so they can see the light. One of the agents made a comment stating the podcast is not soothing by any means. During this time, the FBI continued to investigate Jason's professional background and his time with the Phoenix Police Department. One of the agents noted that their homicide sergeant recalled a time when Jason was, quote, sleeping in the front seat of his car while he was supposed to be doing security for them as they were executing a search warrant. More agents were then requested to investigate Mao further on his past. On the 6th of December, Melanie contacted the Rexburg PD about Lori and Chad calling her separately on November 26th and asking her to lie to law enforcement and tell them JJ was staying with her. This was roughly 10 days after those initial calls from the couple. In early January 2020, Melanie allegedly recorded a conversation with Chad and Lori and confronted them about their false beliefs as well as cheating on their spouses. This was the last contact Melanie had with the pair. For the first several months of 2020, many reporters and news outlets were trying to interview Melanie, but they were unable to locate her. She explained that this was done out of fear, among other emotions. On April 2, 2020, Lori's attorney, Mark Means, requested all records pertaining to Melanie Gibbs' witness testimonies. In May 2020, East Idaho News and Dateline were given the opportunity to sit down with Gibb and gather her side of the story pertaining to the missing children along with Chad and Lori. 
Melanie has been forthcoming in her interviews, and her full interview with Mr. Eaton is available on eastidahonews.com. It should also be noted that Melanie has since retained legal representation and has been cooperating with the investigation. On June 16, 2020, Melanie posted a letter on a website titled LDS, Another Voice of Warning, or AVAL, and goes on to say, This is Melanie Gibb, who was a good friend with Chad and Lori. I wanted to share some thoughts I have had with all of you on AVAL. I have been on AVAL in the past, but it's been a while. I first wanted to address Christopher Parrott. Brother, I feel for your journey. I too know what it's like to be deceived by Chad Daybell. I wanted to believe him too. He's so soft-spoken and comes across as sincere and humble. I get it. There is nothing like letting the world see you be deceived and then stand up for him. I'm so sorry you had to experience that. I know what that feels like. Second, I wanted to address something the Lord put on my heart when all of this happened to me. I began to see my pride in a way I might not have seen it if it weren't for this great deception, embarrassment, and tragedy. The words that came to my mind was prepper pride. We often think that because we think we are aware that we are awake. This is not true. Many of us have partaken of others' experiences but have not had these experiences ourselves. About 11 years ago, I had some beautiful spiritual experiences that led me to a mighty change of heart. Upon awakening to all of my pride, I was taught truth from error and could see all of my sins. It was the most humbling experience of my life thus far. I tried teaching and telling everyone about these experiences, but to no avail. Most people didn't get it. I tried holding onto this light, but as life would teach me, I had more to learn, more pride to discover as time went on. Satan came knocking as I desired to retain or get back that light I once had. I was now being tested at a higher level. Oh man, did I not see this one coming. I met Lori Vallow, and we seemed to have similar spiritual experiences. She was full of light and radiated a great love of the Lord, as I thought anyway. She shared, as she would believe in her own way, some sacred experiences she had. I believed her. She was just as enthusiastic as I was. She told me I was part of the 144,000, as she was, and it was part of her commission to help others become part of it as well. There were deceptions I had which I did not understand at the time that were from Satan. Chad and Lori met, and Chad seemed to have all the answers she was desiring. She had learned about multiple probations from the internet and really believed she was married to Moroni. She heard him often talk to her, according to Lori. Chad informed her she had been married to him before. Chad also informed her that they had been married multiple times, one being when he was James the Less from the Bible. He told Lori that they were each other's favorites. She fell madly infatuated with him. Lori loved his spiritual gifts as he claimed to have the veil opened a little all the time and asked the Lord to close it because he saw too much. They felt it was okay to have this infatuated love because Jesus knew it was their mission to be the head of the 144,000 and they had been married multiple times. Of course, this is not true. As Charles was supposed to die, according to the visions Lori had of him dying, she was greatly disappointed when he didn't. Chad and Lori were so anxious to be together that Chad devised a plan and called Lori to let her know that Charles was taken over by an unclean spirit and was no longer Charles anymore. These unclean spirits would later be called zombies. 
I was there when this happened, and Lori seemed a little overwhelmed by this idea, but wanted to believe Chad. Now, I want to share with you what the Lord taught me after my disconnection from them. He started to teach me that when we really want something really badly, that is when Satan comes knocking. Some of us want to see the Lord, some of us want visions, etc. Some of us want to be important and to awaken others. This is where Satan tries us, and the Lord allows it because of agency. He wants us to learn for ourselves how to discern good from evil. One of the major techniques of the devil is to cause human beings to think they are following God's ways, when in reality, they are deceived by the devil to follow other paths. Bible Dictionary under Devil James chapter 1, verse 4 But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Lori and Chad had needs they wanted so badly to be together that their infatuation led to their family members being murdered. Horrific. They wanted so badly to be important and part of something special for the Lord. The Lord led me to another scripture which I read to both of them after I turned from them. Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 3, verse 8. Yet you should have been faithful, and he would have extended his arm and supported you against all the fiery darts of the adversary and he would have been with you in every time of trouble. Chad and Lori were always telling me about all the weapons, fiery darts, and more that were launched by Satan. I told both of them that if they had been following the Lord, they would have been protected against all the fiery darts. But, interestingly, Lori said it was because Satan hates her. The Bible Dictionary teaches us that Protection against the influence of the devil is found by obedience to the commandments and laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is miserable in his situation and stirreth up the children of men unto secret combinations of murder and all manner of secret works of darkness. 2 Nephi chapter 9 verse 9 Bible Dictionary Devil I had to ask myself, how did these adversary dark weapons get in? How and where did these secret combinations come from? Well, I have been taught. Many of you are not going to like this, but I ask you to listen and ask the Lord yourself. Follow the pattern that the Lord has taught, and you will see how the Lord really works. Let me start with the scripture. And inasmuch as they were humble, they might be made strong and blessed from on high, and receive knowledge from time to time. DNC chapter 1 verse 28. Now we are not given knowledge all the time, right? Well, Chad told Lori that he was getting information from the Book of Life that he had access to it. He created a portal and would ask questions with a pendulum. I saw him twice with a gold color pointy pendulum with a string attached. The last time I saw Chad and Lori, he asked questions with the pendulum to see if people were light or dark. That was troubling to me. I thought this is how he gets his answers. He told Lori that Peter, James, and John came to him in 2017 in the mountains. This is another way he got in trouble with opening the doors of darkness. He started doing energy work before Lori met him. When you open doors, as one does in energy work, they talk to angels, deceased relatives, etc. from the other side of the veil they proclaim. What did Jesus teach us about prayer? He taught us to pray directly to Father, not to anyone else. There are many people who pray to their dead ancestors or communicate with them, but I want you to really think about this. You don't know who you are talking to, a clean or unclean spirit. Look what happened to Corihor. 
The devil hath deceived me, for he appeared unto me in the form of an angel. Alma chapter 30 verse 53. It takes knowledge and experience to detect an evil spirit in the form of an angel. We don't need to be asking for things we are not able to detect. Let the Lord lead you. Trust him with your salvation. We are not often wise enough to know all the deceptions, so we need to be careful trying to seek the Lord's face when we are not humble, brokenhearted, and stripped of all pride. This is a great deception the adversary uses. Think about it, please. When one is doing energy work, they often ask for things when they should be asking the Lord themselves. We are leaning upon another for revelation, for future events, etc. The Lord does not work like that. The Lord put this in my mind one day. Do not put your trust in the arm of flesh. Think about muscle testing. I know many of you believe in this. You are literally putting your trust in the arm of flesh. Wow. The Lord told me straight. Why couldn't I see this before? Is there validity to any of these techniques? Sure. But Satan can give you 99% truth just like he did to Eve and the 1% error. Why would you want to trust in someone else to tell you about you? We should be listening to the Spirit. The still small voice is something quiet, private, and beautiful to the soul. When you start talking about weapons being thrown at you, the Lord has taught me that this is when you are opening dark doors. Because of the before mentioned scripture, the Lord says he would protect you against all the fiery darts and yea are faithful. Listening to unclean spirits communicating things to you that seem truthful and a very easy way to be deceived. Fear also will create such attacks, but perfect love casteth out all fear. Just put love in your heart towards all, and you will bring peace to all situations. Love is so powerful that fear cowers in its beauty. I was so fearful one day after all this happened to me. I couldn't sleep well, I couldn't eat much, I cried a lot, and I told the Lord, I can't feel you because I have so much fear. I don't even know how to give this to you. He gently reminded me of how I let the Savior help me once before by reminding me of the scripture. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matt chapter 11 verse 28-30 I said, well, you said all, so that includes me, so here are all my burdens, my sins, my fears. Take them. I can't do it anymore. They were gone immediately because I knew that he carried all our burdens and sins. They were his to carry and not mine. I did just that. I moved out of the way and let him take it all. I stood up and walked with his peace. This is my belief in Jesus Christ. He can do it all, and we have to trust him with all things, even all our weaknesses and sins. Our part is to repent and forsake our sins, and he does what he does best, is bring peace and forgives us perfectly. Oh, how I love him. He taught me once again when all the media started showing up at my door. The fear began to kick in to gear again. I didn't want them to see me. I was embarrassed. What was everyone going to think of me? I didn't want to have other people tell my story before I had a chance, and when others did, it brought me great fear. I am not mad at anyone. Please know that. I am now grateful that some did because I had to overcome that fear and it brought me closer to God like you have no idea. The fear was so great. I can't begin to describe. So I turned to faith in the Bible dictionary. To have faith is to have confidence in something or someone. That hit me so hard. 
I said, do I have confidence in you, Jesus? Do I believe in the most powerful being in the universe? Yes, yes, yes. Why should I listen to Satan when Jesus is the most powerful and he created me? I told God, I believe what Jesus says about me and about his gospel. I choose to believe in thy son and I will not fear. I will put my trust in the Savior. He paid a great price for me and I am his. The Lord was teaching once again about this secret combination. I now knew this was a doctrine of the devil to believe in multiple probations. I knew there was a scripture for that, but I couldn't remember it. As I was reading, I found it. DNC chapter 4 verse 7. But ye are commanded in all things to ask of God, who giveth liberally, and that which the Spirit testifies unto you, even so I would like that ye should do in all holiness of heart, walking uprightly before me, considering the end of your salvation, doing all things with prayer and thanksgiving, that ye may not be seduced by evil spirits or doctrines of devils or the commandments of men, for some are of men and others of devils. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1-2 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 2 Nephi chapter 26, verse 22 And there are also secret combinations, even as in times of old, according to the combinations of the devil, for he is the founder of all these things. Ye the founder of murder and works of darkness, ye and he leadeth them by the neck with a flaxen cord until he bindeth them with his strong cords forever. Romans chapter 16, verse 17-18 Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them, which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. 18 for they that they are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19 And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that they have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God, for the living to the dead. Have you ever pondered what are the doctrines of devils? They tell the future, always trying to get you to know about things you shouldn't be asking, about other lives. There is a reason God puts a veil between him and us. It's to teach us faith. If God wanted us to know about these things, it would be in the scriptures. Many of you believe in multiple probations on this forum, and the Lord has taught me, what good is this knowledge? Does it bear good fruit? It led to murder, committing adultery, and a trial of lies. Does that sound like something God would want them to know about? thinking they had been married before? These are what the secret combinations are about. Alma chapter 1 verse 12 Behold, this is the first time that priestcraft has been introduced among this people. And behold, thou art not only guilty of priestcraft, but hast and devoured to enforce it by the sword. And were priestcraft to be enforced among this people, it would prove their entire destructions. Let me just say here, this energy work and these doctrines of the devils will continue to take people away from God's church. Most people that believe in multiple probations also believe in energy work. They kind of go hand in hand. Please pray about this yourself. 
I had a friend who was practicing energy work and was receiving it as well, and she said her brain was having a hard time with memory and brain fog. After sharing with her what the Lord had taught me, she immediately abandoned her energy work, received a blessing from her father, and started feeling so much better again. She told me she was standing in the way of the entombment of Jesus Christ. She walked away from money and customers, but she didn't care. She just wanted to follow Christ. I'm so proud of her. The Lord taught me what would be the need of the atonement of Jesus Christ if there was a need for multiple lives. He already paid the price for all of us, and as Alma teaches this life is the time to prepare to meet God, not another life or two or three. I also want to say that there is so much we do not understand about the life after. We just know that God will teach us someday. Mysteries are given only upon obedience and righteousness, not because we want to know. D&C, chapter 6, verse 11. And if thou wilt inquire, thou shalt know mysteries, which are great and marvelous. Therefore thou shalt exercise thy gift, that thou mayest find out mysteries, that thou mayest bring many to the knowledge of the truth, ye convince them of the error of their ways. This is exactly what the Spirit was teaching me truth from error. My pride was so gross to me. I was ashamed before my maker to think I was cheating on him with another God. He told us to put him first. Godly sorrow filled my soul, and slowly over time I began to feel his sweet love again. As I went forward in sharing my story on the internet and TV, I began to feel more peace and more joy. I felt I needed to pay the price of my sins by confessing them all to the whole world. I have helped the police, FBI, prosecuting attorney, and detectives with this tragic case. I admire these men so much for being a strength of truth and to bring justice for all. Alma, chapter 26, verse 22. Ye, he that repenteth and exerciseth faith and bringeth forth good works, and prayeth continually without ceasing unto such it is given to know the mysteries of God. Ye unto such it shall be given to reveal things which never have been revealed. Ye and it shall be given unto such to bring thousands of souls to repentance, even as it has been given unto us to bring these our breathing to repentance. Did Lori and Chad bring thousands of souls unto Christ? Did they help many people repent and turn back to God? Do these ideas of multiple lives help bring souls unto Christ? Does opening these doors through energy work really help bring us to God and rely upon him only? We should be seeking God's voice for all of our answers if we want to hear from him, not from others on the side of the veil. I wanted to bring purpose for why Tammy, Charles, JJ, and Tylee died. I know Tammy and Charles would want me to tell the world of these dangers of believing such doctrines. I know they would want their children to know the truth. Let's make their death matter in stopping these evil doctrines and become humble, broken-hearted, faithful, and obedient, and set a good example to the world of what Jesus Christ can do for us all. For the truth will make you free. Freedom comes from giving all your sins to him. Then you will know truth from error, for the Spirit will teach you personally about everything, especially your errors. He is wonderful. God taught me this. Yesterday's faith is not sufficient for today's storm. Our faith will require us to stretch and grow more to build a stronger foundation on Christ. This is how we grow in our faith. We must endure all our trials with a growing faith from seed to a great tree. When you climb a mountain and get to the top, you have reached the climax, and then you must go back down to start another mountain. 
but this mountain will be bigger and will require new skills, more knowledge, help along the way, and if you fall, the fall is much more dangerous than the first mountain you climbed. As you get to the top of each mountain, the views are glorious to behold, but each mountain has new views and more powerful teachings. Be careful and understand that every time you reach a new mountain peak, there is another mountain that will come that is bigger, and if you decide you want to grow in the Lord, and you must be prepared to descend before another ascension. And make sure you don't sin when you descend. Be careful not to be asking for things you are not ready for. The Lord teaches us to ask in the Spirit. Hmm. If we obey, and the more obedient we become, our faith increases and we are taught a better way, not by deception if we are humble. Boy, did I learn the hard way. Yikes. He also taught me in Lehi's dream that when you partake of the tree of life, don't leave the tree and try to lead others back with you. It doesn't work that way. That was what the Lord taught me about myself. I love helping others, but I kept leaving the tree because it was so delicious. I wanted everyone else to taste it too. What a lesson he has taught me. My heart is so broken because of what happened to all of those who were murdered and those who I once called my friends. I have forgiven all because I know this was Satan's work, and God took all hatred and evil out of my heart years ago when he changed my heart and gave me a new one. I cannot begin to understand all the pain the family members have suffered who lost their loved ones. I know it has affected me forever, and I will never forget it. My understanding about Satan and Christ are so much more discerning than ever before. I have learned so much, and one thing I know is that I want to only follow Christ. I love the peace and joy he brings when we obey him. He truly is the only path to walk on, for we cannot serve two masters. I leave my testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is mighty to change your heart and soul, where there is peace and joy in this life. Oh, how I love and adore him. My foundation has never been stronger, and I have come to learn so much about myself from these experiences, and I hope you can learn from this tragedy as well. We must always follow the pattern of God in all things. He does not walk in dark and crooked paths ever. He teaches us to follow him and follow his chosen representative, our beloved prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 and are built upon the foundation of the apostle and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. He is our God's prophet on the earth, and we must follow Christ's pattern so we won't be deceived if we are to be with him someday. I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is God's true church on the earth, and I am privileged to be a member of it. I know God is my Father, and his Son is my Savior. I will always love them. I am grateful for the great love I have for the Holy Ghost, who teaches us all things. With love, Melanie Gibb Case Updates for the Week of July 26th On July 27th, Judge Farron Eddins rules on the motion that was filed last week by Madison County Prosecutor Rob Wood and was mentioned in last week's episode. The court ruled that the preliminary hearings for Chad and Lori can be broadcasted, saying, quote, The court finds no other viable option beyond allowing one news media outlet to broadcast the preliminary hearing and one media outlet to photograph the preliminary hearing in order to protect the public from the spread of COVID-19 while still guaranteeing their constitutional rights, unquote. 
On July 28th, it was determined that Mark Means, the attorney for Lori Vallow Daybell, can stay on as counsel despite there being concerns of a possible conflict of interest. This conflict stems from Means having represented both Lori and Chad at one point. To keep up with all of the latest news on this case, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Chosen Ones Podcast or on Twitter at The Chosen One Pod. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to The Chosen Ones and catch us next Friday for part three of episode four, Alex Cox. Until then, I am your host, Celine Beth Caldron, and as always, remember the victims and embrace the survivors. Thank you for listening. This is a Conveyor Media production. Host, Celine Beth Calderon. Executive producers, Colin Whelan and Rebecca Sermons. Writers, Jessica Barton and Celine Beth Calderon. Sound editor, Jacques B. And music by Mickey O'Brien.